Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much podcast. This is a podcast where two international teachers, Joe and Madge, discuss various topics with the help of interesting and amazing guests each week. Enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome back to You Chat Too Much. This is episode three and today we've got a guest on who's going to be talking about a topic which um, isn't, I suppose, spoken about too often um, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit regarding uh, positives and negatives and some of our first experiences and also uh, the industry itself and we're going to be talking about um, alcohol. So we've got Kean on today, and obviously joining us as always is Madge, uh, the one of the best co-hosts ever. Um, Madge, how are you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. Thanks. Um, my week's been good actually. We've had a half term. Um, I stayed in KL, where majority of people went to Langkawi, but um, it was just good to do things that I've not done in ages. Actually, like first time I went to cinema in two years. Watched a movie called Dune, sci-fi movie that I wouldn't really watch, but I just wanted to go to the cinema and have some popcorn and stuff. And then uh, went hiking as well with Pearl. Uh, again, we haven't done that for over two years. So it was just doing things that now things are open, just starting to try getting back into normal life. But it was it was a good week. There's plenty, plenty to do. How about you, Joe? Yeah, it was really good. Um, like you said, a lot of people, a majority of KO went to uh, Langkawi. Uh, which is a, a sort of small beach. Well, it's an island, um, small beach resort, and uh, yeah, it's super good. Nice to to relax. Um, turned off all my apps on my phones. Um, yeah, it's super good. All right, so let's get started. So um, I want to introduce Kian. Kian, um, thanks for coming on and joining the podcast. Hello, how are you? Thanks for thanks for having me on. We, we talked about uh, hand signals earlier on, so at any point in time, if I'm speaking too fast or too Irish, you can give me the, a little signal, Joe, yeah. <laughs> I tend to run away at myself. <laughs> What's the signal going to be for that one, talking too Irish? <laughs> down, thumbs down, I reckon, Joe. <laughs> uh, they, or they already struggle with my northern accent. I don't know what they're going to do with Irish oh, There you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. we might all be okay, so... <laughs> All right, so um, we'll start by just kind of um, getting a getting a little bit of an understanding of what you do. Um, most of the time we speak to people on here who are friends of ours, and the majority, I'd probably say 90% of, of a lot of our friends here and people that we socialize with are teachers as well. You're in that small minority of uh, people out in KL, but you're not a teacher. So do you want to just explain a little bit about what you do and kind of uh yeah what you're doing in KL yeah I'm I'm actually I'm out here in uh working in the beer industry um I'm working for the two of the largest beer companies in the world one famous uh dark beer brand from Ireland without naming names obviously um I've been working in the in the beer industry since I was 18 so uh, quite a long time um I came out here to Malaysia initially on a on a three-month contract um, to work uh, with the with the team out here in Malaysia on some quality projects. So my, my job is um, product quality essentially. So ensuring that um, you know the beers we get in market are, are absolutely perfect. Um, so the beers you know leaving the brewery to the bar essentially are, are to the standard that we that we want then as well. Um, so yeah, first came out here in a, a three month contract. Um, it was a bigger job than I thought. That contract quickly got extended to, to six months, um, and now I'm I'm heading into my my third year. Um, so yeah, Malaysia kind of gets a hold of you a little bit, um, and I've, I've enjoyed it ever since. So yeah, it's 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 fun. I'm, you know, I'm selling beer in a predominantly Muslim country, so um, you know that that part of it is is has its challenges as well. But it's a really interesting uh, market out here, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose I hadn't really thought about that side of things as well as like, you know, working for a company which um, majority of the country doesn't doesn't really partake in. Um, why why is it such like a uh, important role out here? Why why do you think it's it's still so big out here? 
Uh, you know, Malaysia is an extremely um, kind of unique market, I suppose. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously worked in the Irish market. I've worked in European market. I've visited Singapore, Indonesia, and, and a few other markets around Asia then as well. Um, Malaysia is just so unique in terms of the demographic of, of drinkers, so to speak. You know, we have obviously the, the Malays, um, and then you have then your massive Chinese Indian um, and obviously an expat community then as well. So it's 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 really interesting in terms of the job I do. It was it was an important role at the start. Um, the the product quality just just wasn't consistent, um, and the market out here is is really competitive as well. There's only two large breweries out here, unlike any other market I've been in, where you know you could have 20, 30 plus breweries all competing with each other. Um, out here, it's just it's just the two. Um, so you know, little things like consistency and, and quality is was really really important. So um, I hope that everyone who enjoys one of our products in in their favorite bars um, appreciates the quality that goes into it, or the quality control that goes into it. <laughs> so, uh, Kian, what I want to ask is, um, you've listened to a few episodes, and I've heard through Joe that you you actually wanted to come on and speak about alcohol so what is it exactly that you are passionate about talking and sharing with the with the listeners uh, the main thing i suppose is the positives on the the negatives of of consuming alcohol i suppose i mean i've i've worked in the industry for you know 12 years now i suppose um and i've from first-hand experiences i've i've seen the positives of, of alcohol on myself on friends and i've also seen the the negative side of it then as well um i suppose you know working in the in the beer industry i've you know i've slipped into to periods of my life when, when things weren't going too well and, and turning to alcohol to to get through those periods you know i've had some personal issues along the way i've, I've had you know very minor mental health struggles due to incidents that have happened uh, and you know when they occurred unfortunately um it was alcohol that i turned to um and it's just as you know, as most people know it has a very negative effect on the on, on the future and i suppose it it's about just working in this industry. You have to be particularly careful of it as well. You know, it can be really easy, especially in the, the landscape out here, especially with the drinking culture in, in, in Asia. Um, you can fall into the trap of, you know, ending up having a beer um, every night of the week. Um, with my job, it does actually involve tasting beer. Now, I'm not drinking pints every day, thankfully. Um, but in terms of the social side of it, you know, you, you could find yourself going out having two, three, four, five beers a night. I just found like it's just it all adds up. Um, it was contributing to you know higher levels of anxiety um, and, and affecting personal issues then as well. Um, on the other hand, of that then obviously you know I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, in in my experience, you know beer is great. It, it brings people together, um, and you know the, the social aspect of it is is excellent. Um, but you know it's it's always about finding that that balance. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've you've started to touch on quite a few things that we're going to um, talk on today, and I wanted to kind of come with a few different facts, a few different like stats. I mean, there's tons out there related to to alcohol. Um, one one that kind of blew my mind a little bit was 20% of the population in the UK don't drink at all, which I thought was like quite high in the sense of like don't drink. Um, but the UK for sure is is high up on a lot of other lists, unfortunately. Um, I found out as well today that um, 9.7 litres of pure alcohol per year is drunk by most average um, adults. That's about 18 units a week. And it's interesting when you when you then start to look at like, uh, when you look at different figures of different countries of, sometimes that can be just like alcohol throughout the week. And then other times there's that big like binge culture uh, mentality. And, and that was between the kind of, um, I think I wrote it down here, actually. It was, um, I think it's from like younger ages, ages like 12 upwards, um, reported like tons and tons of uh, binge drinking, um, which is like, I mean, it's kind of like what you've touched on there in terms of, you know, different times of your life, you can kind of be involved in it as well. But one thing I wanted to ask you about, Kian, and we obviously know that you're uh, uh, from from the land of green, as it were, in Ireland. Russia has the highest, uh, like crazy highest um, alcohol disorders overall. Um, however, Ireland is actually seven from that list. 
and it's Russia, then there's Czech Republic. There was actually France, which was high up match, wasn't it? It was like fifth was on the list. Ireland is seventh. What what's the what's like what do you reckon it is pushes that up in terms of the alcohol use and, and the disorders? Have you seen our, our weather in Ireland, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the, 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 fir the first thing, the first point you made there actually about the demographic of, of beer and 20% and not drinking in the UK, just to briefly touch on that, as we are starting to see trends changing um, and you are starting to see beer brands launching, you know, non-alcoholic options as well. So certainly those trends are, are starting to, to change. Um, in terms of, of Ireland then as well, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's no... There's no denying it. Uh, at the same time, you look at Ireland, you look at the UK, we're, we're pretty similar. Um, the only difference with Russians and Czech Republic is, you know, they're, they're drinking shots of vodka at, at lunchtime probably. Um, but for myself in, in Ireland as well, yeah, you know, look, there is there is a toxic culture of, of being drinking out there for sure. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've fallen into that category many, many a time, unfortunately. Um, and it, it, is, it, it is a thing that, you know, it's it, it, there is a pressure there. Um, you know whether, whether you know some people don't like to admit it or not um you know you think you get to a period of your life where you've, you you move away from the pressures of, of of your teenage life but there is you know still a, a pressure to go out have a have a point um you know every night a week and it is a, it's, it's a real social thing so like even even for myself um it's more accepting to say oh you're coming for a pint then are you are you coming for a coffee or, or lunch kind of thing so it's um and then in terms of the weekends then as well there is this there is there is a switch with people then as well when it, it gets to the weekend you know it's not just three or four or five points it's you know it's it's 10 plus sometimes as well and you know even when i look back at my own alcohol consumption sometimes it's it was pretty pretty horrific for for a while there as well but it just wasn't wasn't worth it after a while and i had to to learn to just you know find other things to do on a, on a friday or saturday night but it is it is the pressures are still there unfortunately and it's it is ingrained in in the culture again which is sometimes a, an unfortunate thing I just want to just uh, build on something that you said there. Um, so this happened to Joe as well. This happened to Joe uh, maybe like a couple of years ago uh, when uh, after a game of football, everyone went around for beers to the bar and um, everyone ordered beer and then he ordered a, a, this fluorescent green cocktail and the amount of stick that he got for, for drinking that. And he even like openly said, and he was comfortable with it, saying that, you know what, I don't like beer and don't like the taste of it and I'd rather just have something like this, right? But even then he got stick and that's that's down to that macho culture, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and something that you, yeah. that's something that you mentioned um, there. Where, where do you think that culture comes from? Because from someone who, who doesn't drink, uh, and obviously I don't drink because of religious reasons as well, but also like personally as well, like for me, um, I, I got another question. Like what, like for, for me, when I look at someone who, uh, who doesn't drink, from an angle of someone who doesn't drink, it doesn't seem normal to then, like I wouldn't go to a pub and drink eight, nine pints of Coke or Pepsi or orange juice. So why is it that that people consume that much? Is it is it more? Is it is it a drink? I mean, I'm sure a drink doesn't quench your thirst that you need to drink eight or nine pints. So where does that come from? Unfortunately, it's it, it's something that's normalised and it's something that's encouraged then as well. Um, like in terms of like talking about my own experience, I mean, there was times where I would drink to get away from certain things that were going on in my life, whether it was personal issues, uh, things at work, whatever it was. So literally, and it was it was thankfully I've I've grown up and I've moved on uh, now. But there were times where you know on a, on a Wednesday or, or a Thursday, you know, you're looking at Friday and Sunday, kind of going, I'm going to go out and have ten points here and just forget about everything. Um, and unfortunately, it's, it's normalized. There's no one to tell me that it was the wrong thing to do, apart from, you know, the... And again, I've been lucky that I work in the beer industry that are very good at promoting, you know, responsible consumption of alcohol. Um, and eventually that clicked in my head saying, I work for the industry here. This is not the right thing to do. You know, I'm an ambassador for these brands. It's, it's, it's not... I know I, I know the consequences. I, I study this and work. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunately, again, something that's just, just normalized. And for me, there was no one to tell me it was the bad thing to do. It was seen as, you know, fun to go out on a Friday and start night and, you know, have 10 points and, and fall home. 
So what you, you mentioned uh, there that your drinking habits has changed from being younger to now. Can you like be specific with what, how has it changed? Like what, how are you, are you drinking now? Are you completely sober? No, no, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, so how has it changed? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm still drinking now and in this industry, you, you, you certainly have to, you can't shy away from it, but I do have a limit now, thankfully. Um, there was a time that I'd go out have, you know, three, four, five pints. Um, and there'd be no limit there. You just keep going until, you, you know, you, you black out, you forget. Um, but now, you know, through experiences with anxiety and, and various sort of mental health issues, um, you, you grow up and you start to realize, and thank you now, I'm in a, I'm in an environment um, of, you know, between friends and home. I'm, I'm in an environment here where I can do other things. Um, there's other social settings. Now, you talk about, you know, in Ireland, why is there a culture of binge drinking? It's, it's, it's normalized from when you're 16, 17. That, you know, what else are you going to do? Where else are you going to socialize? You're going to socialize in the pub. You're going to have drinks. It's everything, absolutely everything was centered around alcohol. And I think actually, you know, for myself, moving out to Malaysia, it's made me realize because, you know, just so much different things to do and different cultures and people who drink and don't drink. It's kind of made me realize there's more you can do instead of going out every weekend and, and getting pissed, so to speak. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's you've, the point you make there about it's just like ingrained. And, you know, everything that we're talking about today is obviously some personal things and, and some like different perspectives. And, you know, I think it's important to realize that, uh, you know, when we when we were growing up, especially when I was growing up in the UK, it was something that, you know, you were socially, there was just this thing of like, as soon as you were 18, you were just going to go to the pub or you were just going to go to a nightclub. You were working your way up to, you know, that night of being able to drink. And personally for me, like I, I and I, I want to ask you this as well after, but my first experience really of alcohol was, was quite young in the sense. And it was, and it was actually like with my parents. And I know that kind of sounds a bit strange, but it was my my mum and dad um, both like really enjoyed like traveling to France, going to Italy. And the drink culture there is a little bit different in the sense of one, the, the drinking age is a little bit lower for beer and wine, or it definitely was when, when I was there. So it was like 15, 16. And as long as you were like with your parents or you were having food, you would allow, or you would be allowed to have like a little glass of wine or um, maybe like, uh, I can't remember the brand it was, but it was like a kind of, um, it was like a lower, a lower percentage alcohol beer. And it was like more like a shandy. So like with like a Sprite with it, but you kind of just felt like mature. You felt like an older kid and you know, it was like a nice thing to do. Um, and I feel like in a sense that made me when I got to 18 and some of my friends who were completely isolated from anything alcohol related just completely turned and just were were just insane on nights out you just couldn't pull drinks away from them and they a little bit like what you said earlier they got to the point where they just weren't functioning and for me like I've, I've never been that type of uh drinker where i i got to that point i've always liked to be in control but i, I like the social side of things for me that that's that's why i do it um, and the enjoyment, that's probably why I'm not a big beer drinker, just because I feel very uncomfortable if I have like a, a pint of beer, like the volume for me is just too much. And like Madge said, I, I like a bit of color in my drink, but um, <laughs> what was, what do you think was like your first experience? And do you think it, do you think that maybe had a negative or positive effect on your view of alcohol? Yeah, I mean, my, my first experience of alcohol was was peer pressure, unfortunately. I think, you know, if my, my parents had gotten to me, you know, first, I probably would have had a different view going, or a different attitude towards going into my, my early 20s. And, um, you know, I'm sure that they weren't aware that I was drinking cans when I was 16 or 17 years old. Um, but yeah, no, my, my first experience was, again, it, it's falling into that, that peer pressure and that social thing of, of, of what to do. I mean, for me, it was, it was literally a case of, you know, if I'm not going out on a Friday or, or a Saturday, 
you know, drinking beers with, with friends. I'm not going to meet people because it's just it was, it's what everything was, was doing. There was no really other options. Yes, you had, you know, sports on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday. But if you wanted to go out and mingle, meet new friends, meet girls or whatever, you know, it, 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 everything centered around alcohol. So, again, like for, for myself, I remember my first, first can of beer. Um, I'll, I'll be in trouble for saying this now, but I didn't like it for a long time. Um, long, I remember having my first beer and kind of going, this is horrible. This is what yeah, I got yeah. on this. And then I, I moved on to, to cider. I think I tried cider first. And then it was, you know, obviously we, we all fell into the vodka and coke, vodka and orange kind of trap, something easy to to get it to, to drink. Um, but then eventually, obviously, beer, beer grew on me. Um, and look, at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, beer is fun. You know, we always say this in, in, in my company when we're promoting the brand and stuff, you know drink responsibly and it literally like everywhere you see enjoy responsibly and it, it really is if it's enjoyed in the right manner you feel great um but at the end of the day um you know it's alcohol is addictive you know it's it's it is like drugs gambling chocolate <laughs> whatever except this one's a bit more dangerous for you. so that's that's one thing that that clicked with with me as i got a little bit older and i started to you know you know i had a couple of first-hand experiences with, with people at home in ireland um and you start to with, with again to work as well you start to educate yourself a little bit more on you know the consequences of drinking too much and from talking to doctors and the more research i've done the more it kind of clicked with me i was like am i borderline addicted to this because you know on a wednesday i'm kind of going jesus i can't wait for a beer and it's only only wednesday so it's just it's just about it really is about being um aware and as soon as i you know made myself aware and was able to find that balance then you know that's when i <laughs> I, I was able to enjoy it normally <laughs> what what's interesting about alcohol is that you know we talk a lot about how it's in the culture and it's it's the only like it's, it's one of the only well it is mainly the only thing to do like for for like socializing and it's just the pressure and stuff like that what's interesting though is like throughout history for centuries and centuries alcohol has been around right it's always been that that focal point of of um of of you know, like a social inclusion or the center we of blame it. The, we, we can blame the ancient Egyptians for beer, actually, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first the first records of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's been around and it's it's what's crazy about it, it's not it's not changed. Like the the whole culture about it, the idea about it, the macho culture about it, it's pretty much stayed the same. In any culture that you go to, uh, uh, maybe it's a bit different for like what uh, Joe mentions, like France and uh, Italy, because uh, Joe was saying that it's fifth on the list, but from his experience, it's more to do with having a glass of wine with your dinner, not so much like binge drinking or anything like that. Um, but what's interesting is that some, I, I would say from a person looking from outside is there's probably more negative. I was saying to this to Joe earlier, there's probably more negatives than there is positives with drinking alcohol. Um, but yeah, it's something that's probably done on a mass level and like the thing that worries me, and I'm sure Joe can probably pull out a stat from somewhere, is that the amount of violence and trouble that comes from alcohol. I know you said enjoy responsibly, but it is one of those things that once you get started, you keep going and you keep going. And the amount of trouble that comes from it on a night out or the violent abuse or the amount of like crazy things that have happened just from alcohol, um, it's kind of scary. And like people, I don't know don't think about that. Maybe some people think that they won't get violent or get to that stage. But what I wanted to ask you, Kian, is that do you think um, drinking alcohol for people, because I kind of come from the point of view that I think most people drink alcohol because they're trying to hide something and they're trying to deal with something, whether that's just I want to forget about something for the weekend or that they've got issues going on and they're just kind of blanking it out. Um, so what I'm asking in, in your own experience working in the industry, I don't know if you guys talk about that or even just from your own experience from being around different cultures, like, do you think it's more of the macho culture of like being accepted, everyone else is doing it, um, so I'm going to do it? Or do you think it's more to do with the mental health side and just using it as a cover up? I think it's uh, from my own personal experience. It's a it's fifty fifty. It's a complete mix as well. I mean, any of the beer companies I've I've worked for um, down the years now, we all talk about you know issues in terms of drink driving and the violence as well. And I've, I've seen it all, all firsthand. 
Um, I think, unfortunately, with, with alcohol and with the industry as well, especially out here, we do only see the negatives. Instead of promoting the positives of it, we do only see the negatives. So I, I know I'm, I'm, come, I'm coming from both sides here, and I've mentioned all the negatives as well. Um, but it is important to realise that alcohol can be enjoyed, you know, safely and responsibly as well. I mean, you look at, you know, how the craft beer scene is exploding around the world, and that's all because people enjoy the taste of it. It's not because they want to get really, really drunk and start a fight on a Friday night. Um, you know, even with the the brands we have out here, we have a range of brands to cater for everyone's everyone's taste bud. So I think, I think no, I think yes. I mean, obviously, certain people will drink to go out and you know cause a fight on a Friday night. There's no doubt about it. You see it in every market, um, you see it every region, you see it all over the world. Um, and some people, yes, you know, like myself, you know, you do go out to drink ten points to cover up, you know, whatever whatever they're feeling low about then as well. But then at the same time, I've, I've seen both sides and I'm now on the other side of it. Um, and, you know, I have many friends, especially out here as well, who, you know, will go out and we go out and have a beer because we enjoy the taste of it. We enjoy how two or three glasses make you feel. We enjoy the bar environment. Um, and then, you know, enjoy having four beers and, and not having a hangover the next day, really. Just so, just so Matt knows, I, I can pull out the stat form. It's 40%, <laughs> 40 of, uh, of violence um is related to to alcohol which i mentioned to him earlier you know it's a it's a shocking amount but you know stats stats are always interesting and and just to play devil's advocate i mean you could find stats for anything and i suppose alcohol is is so obvious isn't it like when when somebody has been drinking that it's it's the obvious reason or it's the obvious thing to to jot down or this was the factor but there, there are so many factors and that, you know, Madge, you talk about that, like, you know, a lot of people do, I'm sure, drink to boost their confidence, whether that's low self-esteem or not, or to cover up, you know, who they are, or what they've got going on. But in a sense, like, you know, that could be seen as a positive as well in, in the sense of it can be a little uh, a release, you know, like a stress release um, at the end of the week or... Um, it can be that confidence boost that you need to, you know, um, socialize and improve your social skills or, um, you know, speak to the girl or speak to the guy that you want to speak to. And I suppose, I suppose it's not encouraging that alcohol, but it's, it's again, it's like drinking responsibly, isn't it? I think that's, that's what we've, uh, that's what we've got to try and promote. As much. It's, 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 it's literally, it's, it's that, it's that fine line, you know, you've seen it like for myself, those, uh, my line was I'd have three or four beers and I wouldn't know when to stop and I keep going until I blacked out and didn't know how I got home for other people. Unfortunately, you just drink yourself into obliteration and then you, some people get aggressive and then you know, mm. do something they want to do. So there is, there is, there is that really fine line between going, you know, it's, you know, it's a big saying, not a one that's one too many, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and it, and that's a that's the difficult thing about it. I think as well, Madge, the point you make about um about how alcohol's been around for so long but it hasn't changed. One thing I will say is, and Kian, you'll know this more than anyone, I'm sure, is the amount of difference and different types of alcohol there are now, and different flavors and different ways of drinking. It must be bigger than ever at the minute. You know, the that's, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, you look at. Yeah, I mean, I mean, drinks companies are going out to target young people. I mean, that's the end of it. You look at, you know, cool pops, um, you know, sexy cocktails, whatever it is. Like, it's there is a drink for absolutely everyone. If you want, you know, that malty taste of a beer, it's there. If you want something really sweet, it's there. If you want a beer that looks like something really sweet, it's it's there as well. So, yeah, the range is is massive and it's exploded now. And I suppose that's what the the danger is as well. Yeah, and I and I I'll, I'll end before I um I pass over back to Mad. I'll give you one more factor that I found out actually <laughs> actually during one of my um, my lessons the other day. We were doing some research on um, like marketing and commercialization because at the end of the day, the reason alcohol is around and has been around for so many years is the money that it makes. Um, who's who currently keen is the highest paid athlete in the world? Highest paid athlete in the world. Yeah, it's going to say the man who's. Um, I'm guessing it's Messi, is it? <laughs> it's, it's it's conor mcgregor oh yeah sorry yeah i should have known that yeah and and then and, the reason I, 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 and we know why <laughs> well the reason is and what was really interesting you know he's got this like 200 million plus um you know rich list on the on the top net worth 
and 185 million of that is is endorsements and a, a big portion of that was like his vod his uh, whiskey company yeah so i was i was i was, I was hoping ridiculous, isn't it it's, it's crazy yeah it's crazy i was hoping conor mcgregor wasn't going to be brought up because unfortunately he's from the same part of the world as me um, <laughs> but you know it's it's a good example of uh, that switch i was talking about earlier and there's been lots of famous videos of Conor McGregor doing things um, and he wasn't under the influence of, of water, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as, as you said, there's, uh, his whiskey brand has just taken off um, and again, it, it's peeling to that certain market um, and it's pretty clever from, from the whiskey company because straight away you're getting in with a, a younger market that wouldn't necessarily drink whiskey. They drink a beer or a vodka or whiskey is seen as, a, as an old man's drink and now they're, now they're drinking that because Conor, Conor's running around with a bottle in his hand. I know, I know. I just thought that was really interesting when we when we start thinking about like the industry, isn't it? You know, of just how much money, if one company is able to to potentially be bought, and the reason he he earned so much is he kind of sold a lot of his shares. But you know, more and more celebrities getting into alcohol, wine. You know, LeBron James is is into vineyards, and you know, and and celebrities as well doing lots of like these non-alcoholic. Uh, options as well which is have you seen that more in the industry as well the non-alcoholic gins yeah. and beers uh, absolutely yeah we're, we're we're seeing it all i think that's you know one of the positives we can look at as well when, when you look at athletes um you know conor mcgregor is obviously a terrible example but some of the uh, some of the other athletes you see out there you know they are seen you know enjoying a beer responsibly and that's the message is like okay you know well i can go out, be a sports star you know keep fit keep healthy and have, have a few beers um, as I was saying earlier on, yeah, the, the non-alcoholic beer market now is, is really exploding. Um, in Ireland as well, there's non-alcoholic gins. There's, the availability of it is, is huge because thankfully now as well, um, you know, the, the positives of, of the younger generation is people are moving into you know, wanting to be fitter, healthier, look good, do good. Um, and thankfully now what we see is that you know, going out, drinking every night of the week isn't, isn't cool anymore in, in certain aspects because you know, that fitness, you know, um, mm. the, the yoga, everything's, everything's becoming more, more trendy. So you know, beer brands are latching onto that as well. Um, and you'll see examples of, of certain beer companies, you know, pairing up with, you know, famous yoga instructors and famous sports stars and, you know, personal trainers to, to, to appeal to, to that certain market of, of people who don't want to drink any beer, any beer at the weekend because they're so, they're so health conscious. Yeah, no, no what's interesting, I, I just like kind of top on that is that my dad's a taxi driver and he's like been working as a taxi driver for like over 30 years. And he says the the trend has definitely changed, like with people going out, especially like Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve used to be a massive night for for him on taxis, and now it's it's hardly anything. And it's just that younger generation now, where they're more like into gaming and stuff. They they don't really fancy going out for drinks and on the weekend, and uh, it's definitely changed. But you know the 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 non-alcoholic beer. Do you think that's because you you mentioned that beer when you first drink it tastes horrible, so. I'm guessing non-alcoholic beer tastes similar, right? And then, yeah, yeah. so do you think? Anyway. <laughs> do you think that's more to do with people who do drink it? Is more to do with fitting into the crowd, or is it more to do with the taste? Uh, I say it's a bit of both as well. For for myself, it's being able to to walk into a bar, um, have a non-alcoholic beer, put it in a beer glass, and not have people asking questions. Um, and it's also for people who get sick of drinking, you know, Coca-Cola or Sprite or fizzy drinks in a in a nightclub so um you know I'll, I'll do my one and only sales pitch of the night but beer is better <laughs> for you than, than coca-cola <laughs> um so yeah it's, it's that option as well it's giving people the option to you know fit into the, the circle um and for me and, and other people who picked up an unlock beer it is a taste of it as well it's again something that's not you know a, a sugary soft drink because that's another thing when you when you do walk into a bar especially in ireland and i suppose it's the same here in malaysia if you're not drinking there isn't a lot of options for you unless you know you want to drink water all night or sparkling water yeah, or again I mean, move on to a soft drink yeah, i'm sure probably just I'm sure you're do, well aware <laughs> yeah, you could probably only just about do one or two soft drinks like even if it's a diet it's just too sweet to drink any more than that yeah um, i think that I think that that's why you know that we're seeing a lot of non-alcoholic gins as well. So you know, someone can walk into a bar and, and order a gin and tonic that's dressed the same as as you'd normally get it, but, but without the alcohol. So it's definitely a scene that's exploding at the moment. 
Yeah, um, I've got one more question for you. It's uh, kind of, you've been, did you say you've been in the industry for 12 years? Yeah, started when I was, when I was 18 and I never looked back. <laughs> okay, so how, how in your eyes um, has it changed within the industry with their responsibility on other people? You know, like with uh, consumers, like you said, like there's more, uh, like the taglines that have got enjoy responsibly and, and stuff like that. How has it changed from when you first started to, what it is now like when you're in the meetings do they act is it is it on the agenda is it one of the things that they actually talk about spend a lot of money in like how has it changed from when you first start to what to now it, yeah it's, it's it's changed completely um it, it really has um the the shift now from you know from from ireland to here it's, it's been similar everything you know in terms of advertisements what you can do and um, i mean if you looked at the beer advertisements in in malaysia and indonesia from you know seven eight nine years ago it'd be you know, a group of guys all drinking, you know, 20 glasses in front of them and, you know, a, you know, a girl in a nice dress beside them and giving off that kind of vibe as well. Now we've gotten to the point that if we're advertising beer, you, can, you can't have more than, you know, one product shot in, in the image and this sort of stuff as well. So mm-hmm. um, in, in Ireland as well, it's, it's the same thing as well. When you looked at old Guinness ads, you know, there wasn't a lot of censorship there. You could do a lot more. Now, um, with, with bigger regulations, you're, you're seeing a, a massive change in how we promote the beer. Um, and um, yeah, everything, every tagline, you see, you know, the Formula One, you know, the, the beer advertisement you see there, it's all around enjoy responsibly when you drive, never drink. It's, it's constantly sending this, this message. Um, there was a time, you know, I would have seen it when it's actually just sell, 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 you know, volume. Um, now it's like, you know, corporate relations teams have a bigger input. Um, and yeah, it's, it's literally about uh, doing things um, responsibly because, you know, if there is any negative, you've, I've seen this in, in Ireland as well, I've seen it in Malaysia, if there is an incident, you know, whether it's a big drink driving case, or, you know, a, a, a media report about a fight on the street or people getting sick, it falls back to the beer company straight away. And they're held a bit. They're held accountable a little bit more, and you know they're expected to respond. So I think with that, um, you're you're starting to see that shift as well. And the biggest shift as well is that if you look up any big beer brand in the world, everyone has a non-alcoholic option now, um, and that's just something that comes as as standard. Yeah, I was wondering if as as the from your stats as as the volume of consumption changed or has. Uh, the amount of money that companies make as it as it increased or has it stayed the same because now obviously when you're promoting healthy drinking or better drinking culture does that affect with how much the company make well, i'm guessing with so many different options and maybe tapping into different markets because of that it's, it's it's really really different you know when you look at the the landscape yes you know more people are are choosing to to knock about on a friday and drink a beer um, but there's still enough people that will then as well. It's one of those things that it really it goes up and down, depends on, on what local trend is happening at the moment. Obviously, <laughs> um, in terms of COVID, obviously the beer industry took a, a massive hit then as well with, with bars being being closed. But in terms of how things have changed over the last few years and trends changing in terms of volume and distribution, um, I wouldn't no, I wouldn't say it, it's fallen or, or risen significantly um, at all. It's, it's always stayed pretty level. Um, it's, it's kept me in a job, so it must be doing okay. <laughs> Quality, Ken, that, that was really good. Um, we want to end, and we, we've done this in the last three episodes, we end with some um, quick-fire questions. Go for right. it. So, and they don't, you don't need to answer them really quickly. <laughs> even, just, uh... <laughs> not, not quicker than you're already answering them. I mean, you can't go any quicker than that. <laughs> right, so first question is um what is one book podcast movie netflix series that you recommend to somebody and why oh god that is a that is a hard one um podcast there's a really good podcast that uh that joe connor does and imagine he's saying um that's quality i'll just take that We'll just um, get him a non-alcoholic beer in the next time we see him. I know, yeah, God, that's, yeah. A, that, that, that's a, it's a really hard one. So at the moment now, it's, I didn't want to be born. It's always been sports, podcasts, and, and books and documentaries, but yeah. What's, yeah, just, what's the most recent Netflix one that you've seen? Not the Squid Game, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Although, funny enough, I, I was at a work party last night, and uh, I, I, one of my colleagues, um, I gave him the responsibility of picking a, a costume for me, and he gave me a, a Squid Game tracksuit. So I think <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and and watch that then as well. Now, it's like in terms of like, I just, there's no big series or, or or book that sounds. I watch a lot of documentaries. 
Um, so yeah, nothing stands out right now, unfortunately. Joe, I'm going to pick up on something. Whenever you ask that question, you always said Netflix series. Like people, that's a bit, you know, specific. Yeah. There's other ways to get series, you know. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good YouTube um, documentaries. So there's, when there's, I, a, I, I, there's I, I, illegal I, I, ways to stream. There's Amazon Prime, <laughs> you know, yeah. HBO, Disney, there's and, so many. In terms of in terms of escapism, if you're if you're really if people are into uh, you know adventure writers, there's a guy called uh, Lyndon Poskett. You can type him into YouTube, and he's a he's an off-road motorbiker who somehow has found himself a job of, um, you know, uh, uh, riding his bike all around the road. But he also participates in something called the Dakar Rally. Oh, yeah. um, so, for anyone who's into adventure, you should YouTube uh, Dakar Rally and just see how mental it is. I think it's classes than one of the most dangerous uh, sporting events in the world. Um, but it's it's quite funny. Nice one. Uh, next question. Uh, what's the most important character trait you feel that everyone should develop? Acceptance, um, for sure. And I, I see it more and more out here. Uh, moving to Malaysia really highlighted that. Um, I think, you know, for for the expat moving into the company that I was in with, you know, predominantly uh, Malaysians and, and the different uh, cultures there as well. You know, I, I, I had to learn to accept certain things and, you know, my team had to learn to accept certain things from me as well. Um, just yeah, accepting that we're we're all different, and you can bring that back to to beer as well. It's accepting that sometimes you know someone doesn't want to have a pint on a Friday night, or someone doesn't want to have more than, than six pints, and you know not making a, a big deal of it. So um, it's actually something I was thinking of today um, in work. So <laughs> that's why it came to my head. So we'll go with acceptance. Oh, I like that. I like that. All right, and then final one is: What's your best tip to develop productivity? Best tip, set a goal, um, very stereotypical here, but you know, for me, in, increasing productivity is, is keeping, a, keeping a simple diary. Um, again, very, very stereotypical, but that's something I've started doing in terms of setting goals, where it's notes on your phone or on a laptop, setting up when, what you want to do um, for yourself, especially with, with lockdown and, and COVID, I think we all seen our productivity dipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have all these bright ideas of, of things I'm, I'm going to do. Um, how I make myself more productive is, or yeah, more, more increase my own productivity is write down your points um, and just set yourself a goal, set yourself a target. In, in work, I'm, I need a date, I need a goal to complete things and, and my boss knows that. So when I bring it into my personal life, I, I have to do the same as well. Otherwise, there's a good chance it won't happen. So um, yeah, writing it down, giving yourself an end date and, and setting a goal to get there. Yeah, that's quality. Quality, Madge. You f- I feel like you want to say something about my post-it notes. <laughs> oh no, I was going to plug the last episode. I was going to say, "Have you listened to the last episode?" Oh, right, post-it notes. Right. So yeah, you want me to? You basically want me to tell everyone, right? So Joe, no, no, Joe's no, no, basically the way the way he works is is very similar. Like he has his little diary, then he has his Google Calendar for the same thing. So whatever he needs to do, he'll put it in his diary. He'll then put it on a Google Calendar. He'll then put it on a post-it note that'll go on his table, and he will write it on the whiteboard behind him. That is next level productivity, that, that, yeah. That's just, just OCD. Um, are, you a, are, you, are you a school teacher, Joe, yeah? yeah. <laughs> just about, just about. <laughs> yeah, that, that's next level. I'm, I'm using my Samsung notes to, yeah. to plan my life, Joe, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kian, thank you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and, and kind of sharing some personal things and, and also giving us quite a big insight into the kind of alcohol industry and, and your views and um, points on alcohol. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having me and enjoyed discussing it. It's, it's always nice to, to share. Um, and to end on a positive note, let's let's go for a, a beer soon, Joe, and a non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, uh, Madge as well. Sure thing, <laughs> sure thing. Think. Sure thing. Thanks for coming, Kian. I appreciate it. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks very much. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, Joe. So, yeah, we just had the episode with uh, Keen about alcohol. What's what's your overall thoughts about it? Um, you know, I think it. I think alcohol is always so contentious. You know, it's. He made a really good point earlier about you know it's it is the same as all of those other you know um, addictive traits. You know, like smoking or gambling or anything of the above. And it's and it's probably seen as like the you know, the the least concerning one, but the stats are there to show that it's not. And alcohol abuse is, is still really high. You know, 40% of, you know, crime is related to alcohol. 
you know, 4.2 million people between 12 and 24 binge drink in the last month. They can, they can um, talk about it. 3 million deaths each year globally related to alcohol. So it's always interesting because I feel like, you know, as somebody who, who will enjoy having uh, a drink responsibly, you, you forget that. But I suppose it comes back to that idea of like, well, I could, I could go to Cheltenham races and, and set a bet on a horse and not, not end up, you know, um, betting my house away, you know? So it's all about like, it's all relative and, and how you kind of, um, how responsible you are really. And I think that was the kind of main point that he was trying to get across from, from an industry point of view and also from a personal point of view. Your, your Cheltenham example is just like the same as you shopping at Waitrose, mate. Just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want when you when you were saying that, um, you know, like it's, it's. I think it's too easy to put the fault at alcohol. I mean, there's always that. Quite, I wanted to ask him, but I didn't kind of. I didn't want him to like be the spokesperson of alcohol. But like, why is alcohol not classed as a drug? You know, uh, that's another debatable question. And obviously, the parts of it is that. You know the the governments or whatever are making a lot of money from it, and maybe it's because it's consumed on such a high level that it's all right. But you you see the trend with smoking now, and there's more people vaping. I wonder if the trend will go the same with with alcohol. There'll be more non-alcoholic drinks. Um, but I think when we go back to the question of like alcohol being uh, very negative because of all the things that happen because of it, I think people need to take responsibility for that. I think if people worked on themselves, they were in a more happy place, they were emotionally more stable, mental health was strong, I'm pretty sure uh, we won't have these issues. So I think it's, I, th- I think, uh, like, it is, it is, I mean, you, 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 you mentioned earlier about, like, how people, for that moment, they feel better when they drink alcohol or they feel more confident. But I'm sure, on the other hand, the down is much worse than it was before. And you wake up the next day hungover, and you still have to deal with that problem, right? So although the short-term benefits are there, I think people who maybe are violent or maybe are a very different character just maybe need to focus on themselves a little bit more and then maybe alcohol doesn't become that sort of thing for them. Yeah, I think I think that's, you made some really good points. And, um, you know, alcohol, alcohol is a drug. It is classed as a drug. Um, but it, I mean, the, the government makes money and an industry makes money on alcohol. It makes money on smoking. Hence why smoking is never, you know, going to be banned necessarily. Um, and you see some countries like in America and, and elsewhere that are starting to legalize marijuana, which again is another drug, um, possibly purely down to the, the financial gain from it as well. And obviously with marijuana, there. You know, there are plenty of studies out there that are trying to kind of prove that there are some um, kind of health benefits to it. And, you know, there's there's stats to prove there's health benefits to, to drinking alcohol as well. You know, like a glass of red wine has certain amounts of content in it that um, can help reduce heart disease and things like that, you know, and, um, you know, reducing the risk of diabetes. But again, it's it's all relative and it's and it's drunk responsibly and it's you know it's all different for every single person and that, i think that's the point i tried to make earlier about there's a stat for anything but it just comes down to and i think this is for all of these topics that we talk about is it just comes down to educating yourself knowing knowing like the risks surrounding it and I think the point you make about like feeling really confident in yourself and feeling confident in your friendship group and all of those types of things are really important because I think as well, and I, I don't know about you, but you know, I, I obviously, when I, whenever I did go out with friends when I was younger and I still, you know, will go out and socialize with friends now, I didn't have as much of that peer pressure. Like there was some aspects, but like, my friends and I felt confident around my friends to say oh no I don't want to drink or I don't want to have another one you know so it, it again just comes down to like you and your friendships and your confidence and that's I think as as people in education but also you know as you and 
future parents or or you as a parent you know it's like that's kind of what you teach your kids isn't it to you know be confident in yourself and stand up for yourself and only do things if you want to do things you know so it, it all comes back to this idea of like responsible responsible drinking or just not at all and i think that's the culture that's changing that actually more and more people are just deciding not to drink now um and it doesn't have to be a you know religious view it can just be i don't want to feel rubbish the next day and i think that's the insurgence of non-alcoholic um you know drinks because people do want to go out and socialize and people do want to have a you know nice cocktail or whatever else but they don't want to feel depleted and hung over and horrendous the next day which i think is an amazing thing but i'll give you a point of view that maybe people might not understand for someone who doesn't drink is that um and it it doesn't bother me as much now because i'm a parent and i've got two young kids and to be honest i'd rather have a good night's sleep than than do socialize but one thing that that kian did constantly say was that it brings people together it's a really good way to socialize and I really like, as even as a non-drinker, I really like the idea of a pub. I love the idea of going around. You could go there by yourself. You can go and watch football mm-hmm. and you, you don't feel alone in there. And it's just a way to switch off from whatever day to day. I, I like the idea of that. Um, even, even as someone who does a drink, I just like the idea of that space. But one thing that does happen, uh, and maybe people don't realize this, is that when, when an event like that happens where there is drink, like a house party or uh, uh, people are gathering around people's house or they might go out on a night out, the non-drinkers tend not to get invited. I mean, I, that's something that I've, I've noticed. And, and to be honest, um, if I was to go to those events, I mean, I'd, I'd like to be invited. Right now, I can't because I've got two young kids and it's, it's, not, it's not possible. But I mean... Even in the past when we didn't have kids, um, you just won't get invited because, again, it's that, oh, well, if he's not drinking, what's the point of inviting him? But mm. it's more of that social circle, in it? And, and if it's my friends there or my, my sort of crowd, I'd, I'd still like to be invited. And it'd be good to go there. I mean, I know personally from before, I've, I've gone to parties or I've gone around to these events. And as soon as, as soon as people are starting to get drunk and start slurring words, that's my time to go, you know? So... And I don't mind that. Like I'll stay up, up until that point, and once, once, then after that, people start messing around and stuff like that. You're not, no longer having conversations, so it's time to go. But it's very interesting how how that happens as well. Like how just because you're not drinking, that people don't invite you anymore. I mean, I'm not saying that happens everywhere, but <laughs> it's something it's something to think about, isn't it? It's, it's it's that it's that culture of well, if they're not drinking, then we don't invite them. That's just naturally something that that happens. But, yeah. And I suppose, and I suppose the then the positive then of like non-alcoholic drinks is that it it might be your decision to now not drink, but you don't necessarily need to then tell people that. But you can still go along and have a. I think I think that point that you make there about like when people start to get to the point where they you know slow and words and things like that they're just not enjoyable to be around anyway. And that would yeah. probably be, that would probably be when I would dip out of a, a social social circle as well as when I can't actually have a conversation with somebody. Um, but then I, I would then argue also that that's potentially not drinking responsibly, but um, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm also not here to condemn people if they want to drink alcohol as well. And, and neither are you, are we like, you know, it's, no, no, it's not a choice. Yeah, it was really interesting though, I think, hearing from the industry point of view and and also his quite personal view as well. So I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, it was a good insight. Right, mate. See you on the next episode. See you soon. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with someone if you think they might enjoy it or if they might learn something new. If you have any comments or would like to join us on an episode, email us at youchattoomuch at gmail.com.